It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. This is is the Go Birds Podcast. Go Birds! Go Birds! Hey, hello. The Go Birds podcast presented by Parks, Casino, and Sportsbook. James Seltzer, Elliot Short, Parks with you. They were hitting down at camp today. We're going to get into that first and more importantly. Elliot is just informing me. I know everyone listening was worried. They're concerned. Elliot's soccer jerseys have arrived in the mail. Mm. So so yes. tell me what you just told everyone in terms of your, your clothing selection so far at training camp. Well, if you follow me on Instagram, you've been seeing that I'm wearing a different soccer jersey every day to practice. Oh, so I'm sick. I'm six for six so far. Many would say it's the buzz. It's the buzz of practice so far. I mean, Merrill Reese, coaches, players. Like, wow. let's just say it's being noticed per se. So, <laughs> so it was funny. So I was supposed to get a, a order delivered yesterday, and the website says package delayed. So today I'm on the sideline at practice like messaging with the courier via their like <laughs> via their like chat app trying to figure it out but did you did you do it did you, do you know who i am did you did you do you know who i am i should i should have dropped that should have like, been like hey i record a pod with james seltzer like do you know who i am <laughs> you should have been like hey i got this thing going here they're expecting a new jersey tomorrow yeah come on i'm like too far into the bit at this point you know like and what i'm what i'm running into is it's hot outside of practice but you know, so I want to wear white like shirts because they're cooler, but I'm running out of white shirts. So one that got delivered today is white. Oh. So for those great, for those that follow me on Instagram, the heat will continue. <laughs> Love it. That's fantastic. I actually have a crazy story to tell you. Oh, also buddy, tell. look at this. Lay it on me. I'm ready. All right. Then we'll get into Eagle stuff, of course. So no, let's just do this though, Pop. We'll talk about your jerseys, what you're wearing, crazy yeah, stories. Yeah. Who cares about the birds? All about me. Um, <laughs> so I'm 
I'm driving in to do Go Birds Radio this past Saturday, and I had my AirPods in because I, I was talking to my mom, and then I hung up, and I was listening to, to the radio. And uh, Jack Fritz and Rob Ellis were on. And they're talking about Ted Lasso, which maybe we'll talk about at the end of the pod. But they're talking about Ted Lasso, and Jack Fritz says in the radio, right, not in my AirPods, it's coming out of my car speakers. He goes, yeah, one time uh, Elliot Shore Parks compared Ted Lasso to Nick Sirianni. It's probably the smartest thing he ever said. And I swear on my life, Siri goes, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, unbelievable. <laughs> what jack fritz said on the radio about the comment like wow they're listening <laughs> that is how pretty, wild is that? that's a little creepy no i didn't lie. see that story coming no i didn't know where you were going with yeah. that i know and it, it ended abruptly it was unexpected it's good yeah so that was it i was just sitting there i hear siri go mm-hmm, and i'm like oh my god <laughs> they're listening welcome to the dog days of yeah, training camp buddy so, uh, uh, never lie to the Go Birds listeners. I got to be honest. Uh, I am one episode behind in Ted Lasso because I went to the bachelor party this weekend, so I didn't get a chance to watch the second Ted Lasso yet. So, so I hands haven't watched up. any of them. I haven't watched any of them because I'm saving. I'm, well, I'm saving up until there's like five or six, and I can watch a bunch. Oh, of them. oh, well, I watched the first one, and it's delightful. It's just awesome. It's great. So. How was uh? How was the bachelor party? A bachelor party was fun, man. It was like I said, going. It was more of a low key bachelor party. We went to a baseball game. It was so nice, man. We did a walking tour of Pitt. So the bachelor is a is a tour guide. That's his job. He's a tour guide in New York. So we did a walking tour of of, of Pittsburgh because that's like his thing. Super fun. We went to the casino. I lost money as expected. It was great. I had a good time. Mm. Yeah, good. You cut out briefly for a second. It sounds like you said you lost money at a casino. Yes, yes, yes. I lost, I lost money at the casino. No good. Yeah, no, it was expected. It, I did not expect to win money at the casino. I'll tell you that much, Elliot. I saw a tweet of yours, which annoyed me a little bit. So I'm going to confront you about it on. Oh, on, on buddy, the look at this! Who saw this? A confrontation. All right, here's my thing. Like, I'm sure PNC Park is nice, but I'm just so sick about hearing about PNC Park. Like. It's the Pirate Stadium. Like, we're not talking about some iconic stadium. I saw your tweet saying how nice it was. I'm just tired of people saying how nice it is. Like, everyone always says it. It's like, oh, PNC is so great. Like, what what about it is so great? Well, first and foremost, doesn't the fact that everyone says it think, well, maybe. That's what annoys me. Maybe, but, but doesn't that make you think, you know, maybe it is great. Like, maybe the reason that everyone says it is because it's an awesome place to go watch a baseball game. Did you ever, like... It's not just people I like being like, oh, yeah, it's I, I tweeted it because I was shocked that it's it's just as awesome as everyone says. It is a great place. Mm. It's intimate. The view from any seat in the ballpark seems like it would be great. The skyline in center field is about as cool as it gets for a baseball stadium. It's a great place to watch a game, Elliot. All right. I'm never going to go, but in the event that somehow <laughs> I find myself there. I'll begrudgingly maybe be like, yeah, it's nice. Uh, I, don't, I don't back off of takes like this very easily. We know. We know. We know. All yeah. right. Speaking of takes, let's talk about some important stuff. Uh, training camp. Pads were out today. We'll go macro, and I got a bunch of specific things I want to ask you about. But but just overall impressions, last two days of training camp, and particularly the pads coming out today. The offense is, I think, really starting to pick it up. Uh, I still think the defense is probably getting the better of them, but the first few days, or at least first you know, day or two, 
it wasn't particularly close. Like the first day, the defense absolutely dominated, and then it started to pick up from there. But I think you're starting to see the offense uh, become more of what we're going to see during uh, during camp. And I, I think that, or during the season, I think the offense is shaping up to me to look like a lot's going to happen around the the. Um, God, why can't they? The yard of scrimmage, the line of scrimmage. Line right? of scrimmage, uh, yes. Line of scrimmage, yeah. Isn't that the, real quick? Of- isn't that the worst when you're trying to think of something that you've said a trillion times and you know exactly yeah. what it is, and yet for some reason you sound like an idiot because you can't say it right? Yeah. It's the worst. Well, especially something like this where everyone's yeah, it's like, your oh, it's job. Your job. It's like, yeah. bro, like, oh, you covered the Eagles, didn't know what the yeah, line like- of scrimmage was? <laughs> no. I know what the line of scrimmage is, right? So, I think a lot of the offense is going to be around the line of scrimmage. I think you're going to see a lot of running plays. I do actually think they're going to run it more than I did coming into training camp. I just never believe that a Jeffrey Lurie-owned football team is going to be anywhere close to 50-50. But I am starting to think that they might run the ball more than I thought. I don't think it's going to be 50-50. But honestly, I could see it being like 55-45 if you include Jalen's run. So I think there's going to be a lot of running between the running backs and Jalen. And I think there's going to be a lot of like short passes, like screens, wide receiver bubble screens, like those type of things. And I think what they're going to hope to do is lure the defense in and then they're going to go deep like uh so i have jalen hurts down with i mean probably 86 plus 18 like 105 throws something like that and i would guess maybe four or five of them were beyond 30 yards like he just hasn't been going deep very often so i I think you'll see him start to do a little more in like the intermediate part of the field and deep but so far it's been pretty much all around the line of scrimmage. And I honestly don't hate that. Like, if you think about how the Eagles offense has been constructed, it's been a lot of, like, over the middle to Zach Ertz. And as good as Zach Ertz is and as good as that and, and effective that has been at times, I mean, throwing the ball over the middle is, like, a dangerous thing to do. It can pop up. Like, there's the most defenders there. Like, all those things. And, you know, I'm sure that helped lead to all the turnovers Carson had. So I actually don't hate the idea of – the ball being snapped, the defense feeling like something quick's going to happen, Jalen putting, putting pressure on the defense with his legs, but also having the option to throw it deep because Jalen does throw a really nice deep ball. How about Jalen in general, his performance? I know the last, obviously, we talked after the first day. It wasn't so great. It's, you know, got a little better as it went on. It seems like this week so far, you know, the last couple days, trending upward? Yeah, definitely. Now, so I'm, I'm charting the practice today. And I almost texted you this, but then I kind of felt it was a bit like a pitcher when they're like having a perfect game, like no one brings it up. So I was literally, I was standing next to Tim McManus. I and love I even that. Told, That's great. I even almost told him. And I was, I was going to say, look, Tim, if I tell you this, you can't tweet it. Right. But so Jalen started the day. Uh, let me count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. 13, 14, his did not have an incompletion until his 15th pass oh, of the day. Buddy. And it was a drop. It was right. Oh, right in buddy. And it was a drop. I know it was I, like, I've probably charted at this point. I mean, I've been to training camp for eight years. Let's say they practiced, you know, 20 times each, so like 160 practices or whatever. I've never charted a day where the starter was perfect. Like, you know, 15 for 15, oh, 18 for 18. Oh, you thought it was happening like, today. I thought it was oh, happening. Oh, no. Yeah. I thought we were witnessing history, honestly. I was thinking about my tweet when I was done. I was thinking about <laughs> how how I was going to tweet it out. How do I frame good. this? How do, how do I put this in the right words for the maximum impact? Right. I mean, how do you contextualize a perfect training camp practice, <laughs> right? Like, 
Very few I mean, ever. It's like it. Tom Brady seven Super Bowls, Jalen Hurts' practice performance, Sam Bradford in the preseason yes. game against Green Bay. Like, how do you how do you rank those? I mean, they're basically the it's, same. It's essentially what we were watching. So <laughs> he was he was very good to start the day. Um, and as I mentioned, you know, not a ton of deep throws. So these are throws you want him to complete. But what we talked about on the last pod, and I think is a, a fair criticism of of Jalen right now, is just consistency. Like he really he throws a great football. Like I, I, people that say he can't throw an accurate ball are just wrong, flat out. Like he can throw an accurate ball. It's just consistency with him. And I think so. Today, starting thirteen for thirteen, hitting guys in stride, getting guys over the middle. He, he's showing his arm strength on like sideline throws. When people think of strong arms, they think you know forty, fifty yard bombs. But a lot of what a strong arm in the NFL is getting the ball out quickly enough into a small window along the sideline, like that fifteen yard out. And he's been doing a lot better with that too. So. I, you know, I said on the last pod, I'll say it again, like day two, he was better than day one. Day three was better than day two. Day four, he was better than day three. And he's really continued to improve in that regard. So I think uh, Jalen is definitely having the training camp you wanted to see from him as it keeps going. Yeah, it's awesome to hear. That's why I wasn't overreacting too much to day one. I was hoping that as this went on, he was going to get better and better. And and you hope that continues, right? You hope as we're heading into the season, there's a lot of momentum there with a really strong training camp behind him. Well, I want to get back to to what you saw today in the last couple of days, but but we have not talked. And if we are talking about Hertz, you know, the in our opinion, the number one thing that's going to help him this year, uh, taking a hit on Sunday. We've not talked yet since it happened. The Devontae Smith injury. I think I could speak for every single Eagles fan when, when we saw that news come through. It was like every single one of us, A, was saying, why him? Like you hurt anybody yeah. else on the team but him. And two, they're telling us no cause for concern. Everyone's saying no cause for concern. But we're Eagles fans. We've done this too much. We are going to be concerned until there is truly no cause for concern. Where do you, I know at first when you first heard it, you were certainly in the Eagles fans. There is cause for concern. Uh, bucket, so to speak, today, Smith out there on the jugs machine, like kind of just around and about. Did that at all change your opinion? Where do you come down on the Devontae Smith injury and, and how big, you know, the concern should be, so to speak? Mm-hmm. So uh, I was out there today. Today is Tuesday, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, today yes, is Tuesday. Yes. And they blend he, together. He was right? out there. Yeah, he he was out there, which is always encouraging. Like normally the real injured guys stay inside because they're rehabbing or they just don't want them to be out there. I got out to practice today. Uh, you know, me and Zave Zangaro, first people out there as normal, the beat writer you need. Um, I'm out there and I see see Devontae Adams on the jug machine, um, which is encouraging, right? He had a helmet on. I knew he wasn't going to practice, but the fact he was out there, I thought was encouraging. So I definitely think there's reason to be more optimistic today than there was yesterday. But... I also can't lie, and I think that this is very bad, like flat out. I think the fact that Devontae Smith is, it's not even so much that he's already hurt. Like, I'm not sitting here and saying like, oh, he's, you know, this is why you don't draft a 166-pound receiver. Like, no, I don't think that's the case. This is just, it is what it is. He got hurt. But but what really is the de- detriment is guys missing training camp just matters so much. Like, it just, it really does. It puts them behind the eight ball. I mean, we've gone over it with Javon Hargrave and talking about linemen, but even last year, Miles Sanders got off to a great start to camp. He suffered what I, I'm pretty sure was a hamstring injury, if I remember correctly, and he missed all of training camp. The whole time we were told, like, oh, it's just precautionary. Don't worry about it. Didn't play week one. Lane Johnson last year, he's a lineman, so you know we're talking about lineman again, but last year he was day-to-day with an ankle injury, and he ended up needing surgery, and he ended up not playing week one. So 
the the team kind of saying they're not worried about it means absolutely nothing to me. I I just honestly, if anything, it makes me more skeptical of it, right? So I, I think the fact he's going to miss training camp is bad. I'm not saying it's a red flag for him to not play week one. I think he probably will play week one. But I think him missing all these reps is is bad. Like I, I think this sets a bad start to his rookie year. Yeah, I honestly, I, I think it's ridiculous that anyone is is arguing against it. And that doesn't mean that he can't still be great and can't, you know, maybe he is that guy who just turns out he doesn't need those reps. He's so good. He's so refined as a route runner. He catches everything. Like, maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe all the people who are saying, oh, and him and Hurts already have chemistry, all that, it's fine. Like, maybe they're right. But to just dismiss this aside and be like, no big deal, like the team is doing, like they are clearly having people like Ian Rappaport and all those people doing, like, no. Like, no, we've seen this right. too much. We've seen this happen way too many times where we were told a guy is fine. Don't worry about it. It's a couple-week injury. I mean, Javon Hargrave last year was like, basically, like, he's totally fine. He's just missing a day, missing a day, missing a day. And then all of a sudden, like, he's not good until the end of the season. So, um, yeah. and of course, especially at that position with rookie wide receivers, it is rare that rookie wide receivers make a big impact, period, even if they stay fully healthy and have a great training camp. Like, that's the history of the NFL. So it, it is absolutely concerned. It is it is something that I am absolutely nervous about. Now seeing him out there today working, like you said, I think is uh, I think we can't even oversell what a great sign it is because usually when guys have those injuries, you're right, Elliot. They're rehabbing, they're doing whatever, but they are away from the team. They're resting. They're this. Yeah. Like just the fact that he was out there and present, I do think matters. I think it is a good sign, but. To just blow this, you know, swipe this under the rug and be like, oh, it's nothing, I think is silly. I think we've seen way too much with this specific team, with this front office, with this medical team, all this stuff, to just not at all have any concern about it. So I think you should be concerned. Now, at the same time, to your point, I do think Devontae Smith is special. I think he's a special worker. I think, obviously, a special player. So assuming it is not, assuming that the injury is not that bad and he's fully healthy. I do think he'll be out there to start, and I do think he can still be a difference maker for this team this year. But I, I totally agree with you that people who just completely put it to the side, like, I think that's silly. And I, you said this, and I know you don't feel this way, but a lot of people have said it. Like, the idea that him and Jalen Hurts have chemistry, uh, like, yeah, I it's guess. Like, uh, but, but not to this but, level. Well, they barely played together in Alabama. What did, is this something like 18 targets in a game or some small amount like that? So I, I don't think that's the case. And you just want him out there, like flat out. He's a rookie. He's, you know, he needs to develop as well. Like as high as we are on him, and he does come more pro ready than other receivers, like he needs these reps. And may, maybe I'm just scarred from seeing all these guys miss training camps and have bad years, but I can't remember the last time a guy missed a training camp and then he had a great train, a great season. Like it just doesn't really happen. So now he did get the off season work, which you know a lot of the guys we talked about didn't get. Obviously last year with COVID, there was no off season uh, other than training camp. So guys like Sanders and Lane, like that ended up, you know, that that maybe matters more. But yeah, I just I, I think it's bad. Like I don't think it's like oh no big deal. He's just in like in in bubble wrap. Like I don't think that's it. I think it's a legitimate injury. I think that. If there was a game tomorrow, he probably wouldn't play. I think if there was a game in two weeks, he might play. But I don't think this is no big deal. And I think him missing snaps really do matter. All right. Uh, I want to get back to the the stuff on the field. But while we're on Smith, and we'll get to another big injury and how it affects the Eagles later. 
But were there any other, uh, do any of the other injuries we've seen so far in, in camp, Ryan Kerrigan is one we've noticed, uh, today Davion Taylor goes down for a bit. Any of these injuries that have happened over the course of the last few days uh, concern you? I mean, the Brandon Brooks one, uh, I would say is not great. I mean, you know, you need him to stay healthy. A lot of my optimism about the team has been tied to the offensive line. And in camp already, I mean, the majority, they've been practicing, you know, 90% of their snaps without two of their offensive linemen. So that's not great. Now, I do think with guys like Brooks, and Sayamalu, I think, is legitimately hurt. I think Brooks is more of a minor thing. But, you know, it sounds a bit hypocritical, and I guess it is. But part of me is like, man, just sit this guy until week one. He's a veteran. He's done it before. And he does need training camp, so I'm not diminishing that. But if he's going to get hurt, I'd you know I'd rather just wait at this point and and try to just get him to week one. So he did say he'll play preseason games, with, which I guess is encouraging. He spoke to the media, which again, guys that are injured almost never really do. I was surprised he came up and did it. So I don't think the team is very worried about it. Not great. He's not getting the reps, but he's played next to Lane a ton. He's played next to Kelsey a ton. Um, so maybe I'm just talking myself into it. But I, I think. Uh, I think it's it's worrisome. It's the biggest injury they're dealing with, and I, I would just kind of rest them at this point. All right. Uh, what else? Let's stick with the offensive line, and we'll get to a few other things from practice. But I think, you know, certainly the biggest, at least I think the the most notable training camp battle. I know everyone's battling competition and all that, but like I think, yeah, I think pretty clearly the most important, most notable battle at camp that that we really don't know who's going to win is that left tackle spot for obvious reasons. It's obviously one of the most important positions on the team. And also I think it's one where you and I, as we've talked about many times, can make arguments heading into training camp for why one or the other could be the likely winner of, of the battle. Today you actually get to see them do some real you know, drills with real hitting and whatnot. Um, how is that battle going? My lot of versus Dillard, has anyone you know, kind of jumped out in front so far in that battle? So I think that Mylotta is so far ahead that if I were him, I think it might almost be time to consider like holding out for a contract. Cause wow. like he's, en- <laughs> he's wow. entering the final year. Of- yeah. He's not going to do it. Of and course not. I, I mean, of course look, not. You're, 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 you're that's, tongue, that's yeah. tongue in cheek right there, but I get what you're saying. But like the, you know, he is entering the final year of his deal. He's going to get super paid next off season if he has a good year. So, you know, at a certain point, like if he's your starter in week one, they got to think about resigning him. But, but that aside, he's been considerably better than Dillard. He just has been. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to make too much of press conferences. Like when we talk about Sirianni's press conference at first and we debated how much it matters. Like, so all those things apply. But on Monday, Andre Dillard spoke to the media and then Jordan Mailata spoke to the media and there's just a difference. Like, Mylotta controlled the room. Mylotta was confident. Mylotta was joking around. He was giving great answers. He was dictating who was going next. Like, there's just a major difference between him and Dillard personality-wise. And that doesn't mean Dillard can't be successful. But Dillard comes across a little more, like, timid and reserved and shy. And then you see that out on the field. Like, Mylotta bulldozes people. is strong. Like, there's one play where Mylotta, and I don't know if he pushed Brandon Graham over, but he had a really good snap. Graham ended up on the ground, and he, like, bends over and picks him up and, like, pats him on the back, right? Like, that's Brandon Graham he's doing that to. Like, you know, and with Dillard, it just seems like he's never confident out there. There was a snap today where 
Um, it was Dillard was with the second team. He was going up against Josh Sweat. Josh Sweat just completely knocked him over, like flat out. There were 10 linemen out there, five offense, five defense, and he was the only one that ended up on the ground. Uh, and Sweat was right in the face of Joe Flacco. So at this point, I don't see how you can justify putting Dillard out there. The caveat I'll say is last year when I was on with you, Richie, and DeCamera, Dillard was, I mean, uh, Milata was having a bad camp, right? So things can change. We're early on. But through five days, when you couple with what Milata did last year, I don't see any reasoning that Dillard should be be getting the job. And I think it's getting to the point where you have to stop giving him snaps because if Milata is going to be the guy, you need him to get a lot of snaps at that position and need him to get reps. And you're just kind of wasting your time giving Dillard those reps. Yeah, it's a great point, that last point you made. I mean, Jordan and Milata, as much as he's been impressive and all that, has still been playing football for three years or whatever. It's four years of playing right. football. Like every first team rep that guy can get is valuable, period. End of story. So that that's a really good point. I'm sure it won't be that quick because that's, you know, not the way it's going to happen. But I, I do think that's a great point that these snaps matter. And, and as soon as you know who the guy is, go with it. And look, to your point before, I do think confidence I've, you know, we've talked about this a million times, but I think more than any other sport, being confident matters the most in football. You need confidence out there. You need to believe you're, if you're going to put your body through what you're going to put it through, you need to be confident. You need to be tough. You need to be in it. And I think that matters. And then on top of that, as we've talked about so many times with this thing, like that the players on that field and Jeff Stoutland, like those guys are going to know who the better player is. Like, you're not going to be able to, with the whole competition thing that Sirianni has set up, like you completely undermine everything if you try and give the job to a guy who gets completely beat out in a competition. So, you know, I, I think it, I'm with you. I think it's trending clearly towards my lot end. And I think it's the sooner they can make that decision, especially if it's as clear and evident as it seems to mm-hmm. be down there, it, it's going to be beneficial. Yeah, and we'll get our first look. I, I don't think it's a coincidence that on the first day the pads were on that – uh, my lotta was the left tackle. Right? I think like that it's the first physical day. I think it's like a real good look at your team. I don't think it's coincidence that they lined it up so that he got the first day. And we're gonna get a train uh, preseason game soon. You know, don't get too excited. My heart's certainly fluttering hearing that. <laughs> but we're gonna get a preseason game soon. And whoever starts that game, I think is gonna be clear cut the starter. Like no matter what they say, like they'll be like, oh well, Dillard gets the next game. But I think whoever gets that first game is like who they have in front. And I think it's gonna be my lotta. Yeah. I love it. Uh, uh, all right. Um, a few other things from practice I want to ask, and then we'll get any other general reactions that you've had. Uh, the wide receivers. Uh, with Devontae out, uh, it seems like a lot of people getting excited about Quez Watkins, which you and I yeah. obviously were, were more in on Quez Watkins and Jalen Rager. What have you seen from Watkins, and what have you seen from Rager since you know failing the conditioning test, which we talked about last time, to, to now? Where do you stand on the wide receivers, especially because, look, last time we talked, we talked about the need to sign a veteran wide receiver. I know you still are, are thinking in that way. But with Devontae going down, too, I mean, it just it just um, puts a magnifying glass on these other guys and, and, and the idea that some of these guys are going to have to step up for this team. Where's that whole thing at right now in your mind? Mm-hmm. So let's start with Rager. Um, one thing that stands out to me watching him compared to especially Devontae, but then honestly, even guys like Travis Fulgham and Quez Watkins is Rager to me struggles to get open organically. Like Rager doesn't just beat his man and get open when, when Rager gets the ball and it hasn't been often, but you saw it last year too. When Rager gets the ball, it's jet sweeps, it's wide receiver screens. It's very short crossing routes, right? Like 
they they don't really rely on him to get open. They feel like they're always force feeding him the ball. And then he's just not really dynamic with the ball in his hands. Like unless the play is set up perfectly, you don't really see him make people miss. So I have not been overly encouraged with what I've seen from Rager. But I do think two guys that are having strong training camps are Travis Fulgham and Quez Watkins. Travis Fulgham does get open. He does make contested catches. He does look, uh, to me, looks slightly skinnier than last year. Like, he's still big, but I think he looks uh, skinnier. And he's had a good camp. I don't, I do have the numbers in front of me, actually. Fulgham, and I haven't put today's in there yet. Uh, he's got three catches that and one touchdown, so it didn't stand out the way I was hoping. But he's done. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't <laughs> he, what I expected but I think, it to be. Yeah, yeah. So he actually he had, today he had one, two, three catches today. So he's up to six. But so he had, maybe I'm just recency biased in terms of how he's done. But he, ha, he, I think he's been pretty good. And then Quez Watkins, what stands out to me about him is last year it was really just his speed that that stood out. Like he was just lightning quick down the sideline when he got a step on somebody. That was it. This year you see him doing a lot more different things. You see him doing the intermediate routes. You see him winning at the line of scrimmage. It looks like he worked a lot this offseason. It looks like that work's paying off. And he looks much improved. Like, if I had to rank the receivers right now, just in terms of skill, I would go Devontae 1, Quez 2, Fulgham 3, Greg Ward 4, um, I guess Rager 5. I think JJ's had a better camp than, than Rager has. Like, JJ at least, like, makes plays in the middle of the field. Like, Rager hasn't even done that. So, uh, I think the receivers have looked decent overall. But, yeah, Rager, Rager's not stood out. Not great, Elliot. Not, Not great. great. And look, I uh, Quez Watkins Hive. We're all in. You and I. We are Quez Watkins. Yes, big Quez guys. We are Quez guys. Like on the record, all the Go Birds listeners, you're hearing it now. We are on the record, Quez guys. We're on the record, Quez over Regger guys, which we already were last season. But yeah, Greg I, Ward over Regger. Yeah, know, I will say, man. And look, I know, and he had the the tragedy and all that stuff and all that, and and I I totally understand that. Again, they're humans and stuff, but. Man, I really, I really would have expected more from Jalen Rager right now. Like, just to be at camp, like, this is a massive opportunity for this guy. He's a first-round pick last year. And just the idea that he's getting outplayed by guys like Travis Fulgham and Quez Watkins, who, again, like, I like and I like the potential and I like the upside. But, like, Jalen Rager was a first-round pick, and he's getting outplayed by that guys, those guys at training camp, like, that should be worrisome for Eagles fans. Like, if people know where we stand. Like, I have no problem, and I wish I were wrong, and I hope I'm wrong. I think Jalen Rager's a bust. Like, that's where I'm at on the guy. Like, I just, I do not get winner when I look at Jalen Rager. I I hope I'm wrong. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. But, look, our job is to yeah. look at things and make, make uh, uh, opinions, takes, guesses, thoughts. If I had to bet one way or the other on what his career would be, I'd bet on bust before I bet on successful in any form. Yeah, I yeah, I don't I'm I don't think I'm completely there yet. I'm like along those lines with you. Um he just he's not at a good start to camp. And we'll see if Sirianni is able to scheme him in ways where he can get the ball maybe when Devonte is back, maybe you know the pressure of him being like a, a number 3 or number 4 receiver will put him in a better spot, but yeah, he's he's not come out and had the start to camp you would have hoped. And look, you said it and obviously we're both very sympathetic to what what happened with his friend and I do think that matters. Like you said You've said it yourself, like from the shoulders up really matters. And hopefully, you know, he, he talked about it today. Today's Tuesday. He talked about it and said he's feeling better about it. Um, he said the team was there for him, which is great. So hopefully, you know, over these next few days, you see him start to pick it up. But as you say, we can only, only really talk about what we've seen. And, you know, I, he's not looked good. 
All right, uh, Zach Ertz. Obviously, we know the whole situation. It's been weird. People were talking about him wearing his shorts backwards, the hair. Like, it's been, you know, how he's comments about him. And we all know that, you know, theoretically, we all think we know, at least, that if a tight end on another team goes down, they want to give us a good draft pick for it, we would do that. All that type of stuff. But but what how what kind of camp has Ertz had so far on the field? And, and also, in general, your take as someone who's covered Ertz literally his entire career – what, and, and this mm-hmm. is conjecture, I know that, but what has been your take of Ertz at camp and his attitude and the way you know he's, he's interacted and all that type of stuff? Have you, has it felt at all different to you? So on the field and also just the whole Ertz thing, what have been your yeah. impressions? So let's start on the field. Um, he's been great. I mean, I think he's having one of the better camps he's had. He's making plays down the field, uh, which is something I think he hasn't done a lot of in his career, but I think he's always had the ability to. It's just never happened. Um, I think if you didn't tell me anything like any context about the tight ends, like I didn't know about the, the, you know, Goddard being the number one and like all that stuff. Like I think Ertz has stuck out to me more than Goddard. And I also think that at best the snaps are 50, 50, if not honestly leaning a little more Ertz, like Ertz has been extremely involved in the offense. Um, and he's done a great job. Like I, I, I think I have him down with one drop. Let me pull up his numbers, and of course they won't pop. Like, a, like a, I'm hoping. But so before today he had six catches, um, and then today he had one, two. Uh, this is riveting radio. I think Three it's more amazing. today. So, I think it's outstanding yes. radio right there. Podcasting. Yeah, so he's up to nine catches in camp, which is definitely near near the front. Um, and I just, I think he's had a great camp. So physically he looks very good. The idea he can't play anymore is just so silly. Like he's definitely a very good tight end. I think he's still one of the best tight ends in the league. And I think that if, if he's in an offense this year where he's like getting a lot of snaps, I think he'll show that. So whether or not it's the Eagles, we'll see. Um, the second part of real that. quick, real quick, before we get to the second part, let me remind everyone, sign up for the parks, you know, sportsbook app. If you haven't downloaded the app now, I don't know what you're doing. Elliot and I have had such a blast this year betting on anything and everything. And and football's coming up here. Like, it's real now. Elliot, how many times do you a day do you think about betting on football this upcoming season? Because for me, it's like an infinite amount. I can't stop thinking about it. I mean, I'm at practice, and I'm like, wow, I wonder what the Quez Watkins over on this. <laughs> right? Like, yes. I'm looking, and I'm like, on, on the first day, I'm like, man— I don't think that Jalen Hurts over on yards is going to hit. Now through six days, I'm like, I'm not so sure. So, yeah, it's definitely, uh, I mean, it's literally how I view sports now. Yeah. It's really the only thing I can say. Dude, I'll tell you, and we're going to get to it coming up, but the whole Carson Wentz injury thing, if you think that I didn't go to the Parks app and look at their the Indianapolis over-under and the first week line and all, I did. I did that because that's where my head is at too. And that's the fun of the park sports book app is it gives you a whole nother way to look at sports, to enjoy sports. when you have a little bit of money on these games that we're all going to be watching because everyone watches every single football game that we can. It just makes these games so much more fun. You got some action on it and you can of course bet on everything. Baseball, uh, basketball, when it's rolling soccer, more soccer coming up. Elliot will be telling you what to bet on. Anything and everything you can bet on with the Park Sportsbook app. And, of course, Parley's teasers, props, the whole thing, and, and live in-game betting, which is a wild ride. And here's the deal. If you sign up now, you get a risk-free bet of up to $500, a $500 risk-free bet. Just download the app or go to parkscasino.com forward slash PA and use our promo code GOBIRDS. That's G-O-B-I-R-D-S. To get your risk-free bet of up to $500, again, that's parxcasino.com forward slash PA. The website has all the details. 
Your risk-free bet is refunded on your loss as a free bet. As always, you must be 21 and present in Pennsylvania. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Elliot, Ertz off the field. Your impressions. So Ertz has not talked to the media. Um, so I, you know, as you said, this is just conjecture based just off watching him and kind of knowing his body language. So to me, it seems like he's becoming a little more involved and a little more used to being back. I definitely think the first few days I got a vibe from him of like a good guy trying to make it known he isn't, he's not happy. Like I think certain guys are able to do it, right? Like we've seen it when, you know, players hold out, players are disruptive at practice. I just don't think Ertz has him, has it in him to do that. So again, like the dyed hair, the the turning the shorts inside out. I think those were his ways of like maybe trying to indicate like, yo, I don't want to be here. And there was little things I noticed like he wouldn't walk out with the other tight ends. Normally the guys stretch in position groups. He wasn't with the tight end. So like just little things, not like super disruptive, but just little things I've noticed. He hadn't spoken to the media, which of course he always would have done at the beginning of camp. Um so I think like as camp's gone on, I see him like joking around a little bit more with guys. I, I, I'm almost positive he broke the huddle down one day. I'm not 100% sure because I wasn't in the huddle, but I could see his blonde hair right in the middle and he was on the outside when the huddle started. So I do think after practice one day he did break the huddle down, which if he did that, that's certainly a good thing. Um, I, my vibe is if Ertz is here for the full season, I think he's going to be part of the offense. I don't think he's going to be disruptive. But if, like, the team's bad and he gets frustrated, who knows? Um, I think it's picking up as it goes. But overall, I would say it's evident, you know, he's not super happy. Yeah. And, and look, hard to blame him. You know, we've talked about it. We've talked about the way and whether right or wrong, you know, we could debate that how what, what how he did and how the Eagles have done it, whether it's the right thing or the wrong thing. And, you know, whether players should honor their contracts or whether, you know, uh, you should treat uh, longtime greats on your team differently. And, like, there are a lot of facets to this and aspects to this that everyone might not agree on or whatever. But I, I think everyone should be able to understand that if you're Zach Ertz, you can understand why in this situation he would be annoyed with the way things have played out. So what would what would you do? Because I've, I've heard you, Joe, and Richie talk about it this week. And I'm just curious where you stand on the, like, should they get rid of them, or do you understand why they're keeping them? Yeah, so, uh, like, at this point, like, where we are now, I can understand keeping him. As I've said, I, I can understand it, I think. You know, look, he's not going to make $8.5 million to play anywhere else or $12 million with the cap hit or whatever it is. Like, he's still making good money this year, and he's here now, and we've gone to the point where they didn't give him a chance to find another spot that, that he would have had an offseason with, a training camp with, that would have you know, wanted him and in that role and stuff. So, like, at this point, again, unless it's a situation where a team has an injury and is willing to give you, like, a third or something, which, again, I just don't see happening, like, unless it's, like, a bull-you-over offer, at this point, I mean, you're so pocket-committed to it. Like, I don't I don't think that, that – where I disagree with Richie is I don't think Zach Ertz will be worse this year because he doesn't want to be here. I think that Zach Ertz understands that it is a contract year for him that he is still young enough where he could theoretically get one more, not the contract he was looking for, but could get a decent contract one more time in the NFL. So I think for him, he has as much motivation as anyone to to play great this year. So I think that you will get a on-the-field version of Zach Ertz that is, that is good, you know, uh, provided he stays healthy. So I don't, I don't think that part of it's an issue. And at this point, I just don't see what the upside is to getting rid of him. But... I definitely do think that that 
they should have gotten rid of him early on and give him a chance, but it's it's way past that now. So at this point, I would just keep him. So seeing him in camp, I'm kind of like, well, of course they can get rid of him. Like, he's still good. He's still a very good player. And I understand that Zach might want out. But part of me is like, so what? You know, like, part of me, if I'm the Eagles and I'm Howie, I'm like, look, you're still really good. And to your point, unless we're going to get offered that bolt that, you know, knocks us over, why would we just give him away? Like, I think he could be the best player on their offense, you know, other than I think Miles Sanders has that potential too. And obviously Devontae, but Devontae's a rookie. So like, I think Ertz could still be the best player on their offense. He's incredibly reliable. Uh, you know, if he's in it, he's a good veteran guy. So I think this is kind of an instance where both people are correct. Like, I think that the Eagles are correct to keep him at this point. He's still very good. I wouldn't have just traded him away for nothing. Um, and, you know, they did offer him a deal last year. And whether it was a low ball or whatever, like, they did try to give him a new large sum of money, and he turned it down. Um, and then on Ertz's side, I can see his side too. Like if Goddard's tight end number one, Ertz doesn't view him as a tight end too, obviously. And he's going to be a free agent after the year. So I can kind of see his perspective as well. Um, but ultimately I would not trade Zach Ertz unless I'm getting like, I mean, I, a fourth, I would consider it, I guess, but Zach is more valuable than a fourth round pick. So I think I would probably say no to that too. I think that if if we if you get to the trade deadline and you're not in it, yeah, deal him then for whatever yep, you can get. Yep. But 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 I would hold on to him and and you know hope the team's good because if I think the Eagles probably hope they're good, I think they are going to be good and Zach can be a big part of that. Yeah. Again, I don't think they'll be good, but I agree with that assessment at this point. And and if you aren't good, you trade him before the deadline if you can get something for him. I 100% agree with that. All right. Um, any other, I had one other Eagles thing I want to mention to you, but that is not uh, training camp related. And I want to get to Wentz, but is there any other um, things from training camp the last few days that you wanted to hit on before we moved on? Yeah. Uh, two players along the defensive line have been really good. Uh, Josh Sweat has been like unblockable, even when he's not playing Dillard. Like he's batting passes down, he's sniffing out running plays, he's getting to the, excuse me, he's getting to the quarterback. And I think he's had a great camp. Javon Hargrave has really stood out too. And he's a guy where like other people, like other beat writers just in casual conversation bring up how good he's been. So, um, you Ross, know, Tucker, seems to be, to Ross Tucker on the midday show yesterday was raving about what he's seen. From yeah. Too. And that's kind of what I thought. Like I've said on the podcast a few times this, this off season that I think he's going to have a big year now that he has a full real off season. So I, I think that he's going to have a big year. So the defensive lines looked great. They really are running a lot of three, four with a stand up rusher. Um, and you know, I don't know if Fletcher is like super happy about that. Just listening to Fletcher talk about it. He said a few times, like, look, I'm just here to do what I'm told. So honestly, whatever, you know, like they, they have to run the best defensive scheme. I, I think that Jonathan Gannon is going to be very creative in how he lines people up. He said at his press conference that if you notice the, the Rams who have a ton of talent, but the Rams, I think led the league in different formations last season and different personnel packages. And I think that's kind of what they want to go what they want to emulate and, and duplicate. So I think you're going to see Jernard Avery on the field quite a bit as a stand-up rusher. I think Joe Osman has a good chance of making this team, which I wouldn't have said before. And I think they're going to be extremely uh, creative on defense for better or worse. Like it could definitely backfire at some points, miscommunications, all those things. But if you play the Eagles, I think you're not going to know what to expect. Whereas with Schwartz's defense, while effective, I think you kind of had a good idea of what you were walking into. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. Obviously, I hope it works, but it's going to be fascinating to see 
Because as you and I know, I think we've spent a lot of the last five years defending Jim Schwartz. And obviously some things are, are indefensible. Some of the stick stuff at the times like that, fourth and 15 in Tennessee was was an indefensible thing and, and all that. But but for the most part, you and I were defending Jim Schwartz. And, and to your point, it's because the results were what they were. Certain things could be annoying, but in the end, it was, it was good more often than it was not. It's going to be fascinating to see. Like The fans are going to get what they want with Jonathan Gannon, it seems, from a, a style perspective. Yep. We'll see what the results are. Yeah, he's are. extremely – look, the defense has been extremely physical. They go after the ball. Uh, yeah, I, I've been just very impressed with what I've seen from Gannon and Sirianni. I know we talked about this on the last pod, but um, I've been extremely impressed with the camp Sirianni's running as well. I think coaching-wise, like stylistically, watching the way they run practice, they don't look overwhelmed. They don't look like rookie coaches. I've been impressed by what I've seen. All right, uh, quickly before Wentz, the Lane Johnson-Barnett restructures that were announced early today, is there anything to see there, so to speak? I, I think there was... I guess it wasn't last year. It might have been the year before. When Jim, remember when Jalen Ramsey was going to get traded and the Eagles were in on it, and everyone was like, "I," everyone was like, "Oh, they're going to do it. They're going to do it." And then they restructured some money, and then they, it was like, "Oh, this is it. They're yep. opening money for Jalen yep. Ramsey." Uh, I think that this is that. I think that they're just restructuring money to open up space. Salary cap space does roll over. They were at around, I think, three million dollars over the cap. That is still like actually in the NFL quite a bit of money. But um, now I think they're somewhere like 14 or 15 million, if not more, over the cap. So now they can once again do whatever they want. Doesn't really impact future years too much. And even if it does, they'll just restructure. So now they have enough money to just take on Deshaun Watson without sending any money out, which I guess is a big deal, you know, in terms of what they would have to trade for him. I don't think they should trade for him. I would not do it. But now cap wise, they have enough to basically acquire any player they want without cutting people or restructuring new deals. All right. Carson, a name Let's that we have talked about so many times on this pod, and I'll tell you what, it's been pretty refreshing not mentioning his name. Uh, obviously coming up for a, a not good reason for him, the foot injury out 5 to 12 weeks. Uh, first and foremost, the most important thing I want to ask you is, are you devastated that you can no longer definitively say three ones like that that because this has been a big thing of yours you've been been the mister hey and i was let, life's too was life's too short let's not say conditional first conditional second let's not do this whole you know thing it's gonna be a first let's go with the first it's probably not gonna be a first anymore Elliot. you know i'm not as sure it's not gonna be as for uh, as uh i'm not as sure it's not gonna be as first as much as other people are like obviously this is not ideal and even if he comes back like he could re-injure it right but, like, Carson, I don't think it's a stretch to say Carson's career is starting to become on the line a little bit. Like, if he misses another portion of a, lar- a large portion of the year with injuries and doesn't play well, like, then his career is really in jeopardy in terms of, like, people are no longer going to just make him the starting quarterback. And what we've seen with Carson is he absolutely hates to miss time. He hates the narrative that, he, that he's heard all the time. Remember in 2018, they kept, they didn't put him on IR even though he was out for the year and he was questionable every week. Like remember all, you know, they were of like course. very sensitive yeah, to it, right? Yeah, of course. So week so one is not- pushes his I, I way back. Not, yeah, so there, week one is six weeks away, right? I'm not saying he's going to play week one, but I don't think it's going to get to the point where he's going to miss like four games, right? And if we know anything about Carson, we know that whoever the backup is going to be is going to win each and every one of their starts, right? <laughs> if the backup, 
the backup is going to come in and play phenomenally. So I don't think the Colts are going to fall out, out of it. They do have a tough opening to, this, opening to the season. But I'm not ready to say that the idea of the one is dead. I still think they have a, a decent shot of having that be a first-round pick. And look, now it could end up being like a top 15 pick. Like if they if it works out well for them where they you know do go one and three because I'm obviously kidding but like if they do go one and three without Carson he comes back he's gonna want to play every game because he's not gonna want to end the year playing eight or nine games but they're not good like this Eagles the, the the pick they could get from the Colts could end up being a very high pick yeah see that you're missing one part of that there though is if if they're out of it if they're bad they're gonna sit him at the end of the season no matter what Carson wants. I don't think they will but I don't think they will you think they would I give up a first round pick to let him play meaningless games I don't I yes. think they'll say oh I Carson don't. by you not playing we get a, we give up a second round pick instead of our first that's what's gonna happen pal like that's what I think is gonna happen so regardless and what I, burn I, the relationship with your quarterback dude this guy are we serious right now they'll say I, Carson dude, I I agree with you I but do I'm not think I think I think if they're out of it if the season's over like if they are if it really is a top 10 top 15 bad team then yeah I think they will say hey Carson this is what's best for our future it is obviously not to do with you it's that we can either give them a second or a first we'd rather give them a first I mean we'd rather give them a second and keep our first Chill out. Don't worry. We won't take a quarterback with that first. Yeah, I think that's what they do. I don't think there's any uh, chance. I'm not I don't so think sure. Any I chance. think that it's. But ultimately, okay. we'll I also, I also don't think that situation is going to present itself because I think Carson's missing longer. Like I think it's going to be one of those things where this lingers. I think he's going to miss more time. I don't think it's going to be. Uh, I think he, he plays fifty percent of the snaps this year or something like that. If I had to bet, and you don't know, like there's so what, no idea. Which. What changed my opinion on this is I heard a clip of Frank Reich talking about it on the Pat McAfee show. And he was talking about the injury and he said essentially what it is is he broke a bone in his foot like six years ago and it just like fell into a place where it stayed there for six years. And what the injury now is the bone that was already broken moved, right? Like that's essentially what the injury is. So part of me is thinking like if they're just going to go in there and take that bone out, I, I don't know. Like, I guess you have to wait for the, you know, the scar and everything to heal. But like, I, I think he's going to play more than people think is ultimately where I'm at. I think it's important to Carson to be out there. I think the Colts are going to bend over backwards to put him out there. And I don't think they're going to be good. I mean, we saw Quentin Nelson is hurt. Darius Leonard's hurt. And they have a brutal schedule. Like my, my thought the Eagles will win, will win more games than the Colts is looking better and better each day. But I, I do think Carson is going I, – I think, like, he plays within the first three weeks of the season. Man, you really want this to be a first. I think more than anyone else out there. You, it, but it's not even about uh, that. It's just how – It seems like no, it's but, about it. But here's the thing. Like, we saw this with the Eagles. Like, Carson – it's so important to Carson not to be injured – to be labeled as injury prone. Like, it matters to him so much. And I think he'll go out there at less than 100%. And I could see him, like – being really into the idea of being back for week one. I don't think he's going to play well because he's going to miss training camp. Like he's in it, you know, all those things. But I really don't think, I really do think there's a chance that it's it's still a one. And I have another Carson point unless you have. No, I, you I would just say that I agree. I think they're going to be bad. I, I'm with you on it, it. Like sometimes, and we've talked about it here with, with other teams and with the Philly teams and all that, but like sometimes it just feels like the season from hell. And it felt like that yep. last year with the Eagles early on, and we kind of didn't want to we didn't want to believe it, and then it turned into the season from hell. This feels like the Colts thing, like you said, the Quentin Nelson thing to have the exact same injury. I mean, super weird. Darius Leonard, I mean, those are their two best players, essentially hurt, Nelson and Leonard. And then the Wentz thing, like I just it feels like they're in for a year. That's the way it feels like to me. Yeah, that's how it feels. It how it feels to me too. And here's the ultimate takeaway from the Carson Wentz thing. 
Yes, it'd be better for the Eagles if it was a one. Bottom line is, the real takeaway from this is, they are so much better off having traded him. Oh, like, yeah. He does get hurt all the time. Oh. It's just like, Jalen's going to be good. Jalen's so young, happy he's team. not here, like, Elliot. I'm so happy that the Colts fans are dealing with this and not us. I'm so happy. Because, and this was why they could never bring Carson back. But like, think about this. It's so obvious that they should trade for Nick Foles. Like, it's just so oh, painfully obvious. Such a no-brainer. All-time no-brainer. Jacob Eason or Nick Foles? I think you know the answers. Right. And and they're not going to do it nope. simply because of Carson. It's a great point, right? Elliot. Great the Eagles, point. They, they don't I have mean, to Nick's deal with that there, Nick's out there, like, campaigning for it. Like, who could right. you? He literally said, Frank Reich's, like, my favorite coach ever, and I'm better than I was when I win the Super Bowl. Like, he's like, but I guess for now, I'll just keep singing it with the third teamers here. Like, he was like, come get me, Frank, please. Well, so Richie said this on your show, and I think it's true. Like, so so what? Are teams that have Carson just never going to be able to have a good backup again? Sadly, and yes. Just Certainly not Nick. Like the, I, I don't think they can do Nick. I'm with you. I think it's asinine and ridiculous. Yeah, but Nick and Jalen are off the table. No matter what happens, those guys can't be on your team because your quarterback next it'll be is Eason. soft. Next it'll be Eason, Your quarterback, right? yeah. yeah, if Eason plays well, they're going to have to get rid of him because your quarterback is soft as tissue paper. What's softer than soft as a baby's bottom? Soft as uh, uh, the other side is a pillow. Soft as my new soccer jersey. Soft as Elliot's new soccer jersey. Carson Wentz, get ready for it, is a loser. Thank you. Well, look. God, I can't stand that guy. I'm so happy he's gone. Elliot, I'm so, like, deep in the core of my soul, there is just this, this well of happiness when I think about Carson Wentz not being an eagle. That's where I'm at with Carson. Right. Well, and like, there's just so many complicating factors with him. And honestly, it ties to the Deshaun Watson thing in terms of like, there's just something extremely beneficial about having a quarterback that does not have a lot of like these issues. Like, and you can't compare clearly, but like Carson, you can't have certain backups. Carson, extremely sensitive to the fact that he's been injured, right? Like there's all these things you have to navigate with Jalen Hurts. It's just Oh, like let's hope he's good. Like that's it. That's that's the whole thing. You can you can run whatever offense you want. You don't have to worry about who the backup is. You don't have to worry about all these things. Like, and it's the same. It's a, it's the same thing with Deshaun. Like if Deshaun Watts were to come here, there'd be so many complicating factors that would that would impact things. And I I just I think the bet the clear take from this is the Eagles got out at the right time with Carson. Hundred percent agree. All right, what else you got? Hmm, I'm trying to think. Um. I think we've touched on mostly all my main nice. takeaways. We're talking about the tackles, the receivers. Steve Nelson's not having a great camp. I think that might fall under the Patrick Robinson, like who knows, but it does seem whenever the Eagles make a big play, it's Steven Nelson on the other end of it. So just file that away. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say it, but I think we all know, right? I mean, Steven, please. All right. Enough of this Steve yes, nonsense. All right. That's a good point. Actually. I know. Um, Tyree Jackson, the tight end, oh, continues you, really Can good. we just call him star of camp? Because everyone yeah, is, he is like he raves. Is. I mean, everyone who's come on the midday show and you know, oh, who else has stood out to you? Tyree Jackson. Mike Quick came on today. Tyree Jackson. Like people are enamored with Tyree Jackson, Elliot. I mean, you absolutely can't cut him. I think it's even going to get to the point where like, I think you find ways to get him on the field and like red zone and stuff like that. He's, he looks like a legit, like a legit steal. Like, if, you know, if, again, kind of like the Goddard Ertz thing, if you just watch practice and knew nothing about these guys, you would be like, oh, Tyree Jackson's one of their best players, right? Like, that, that's, <laughs> that's obvious. Like, that that would be the takeaway. So, he's been super, super good. Um, 
yeah, I think that's that's kind of all I got for for now. I feel like we've touched on a lot of stuff. Offense, receivers, Jalen. Yeah, it was good. All those things. Yeah. So. All right. So we will be back on Thursday. Parks Picks Pod talking about the next two practices. Uh, and then Saturday, together again, buddy. Together Can't again. Wait. I know. Oh, it's gonna be awesome. Well, I'll be literally coming right off the practice field too. Oh, what a beautiful thing. It's going to be awesome. So check it all out. Elliot, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Yeah, literally my final thought. The Giants apparently got in a massive brawl today. This is going to be my where, final thought. Yes! Yeah. Same page. And it, it just goes back to what I've been saying. Like, the Giants are a joke. Like, this, it's just this whole idea that they're going to be good is so funny to me. They've been absolutely terrible five of the last six years. They have who I think is one of the worst head coaches in the NFL. Their quarterback is Daniel Jones. Today, like, all this talk about... Oh, Sirianni, he's a rookie guy. Like, will he be able to handle the team? The Giants are such a mess that, that Joe Judge had to stop practice in the middle and make them run laps up and down. <laughs> and I saw a tweet that said it was complete silence besides the whistle and him <laughs> cursing them out. Like, uh, like, get out of here with the Giants, okay? This, just get out of here. Like, it's, it's such a mess. You know, a hundred million percent agree with you. What a joke. Uh, uh, All-out team brawl. And apparently Daniel Jones was at the bottom of the pile, too. So it's like, that's your quarterback. It's the red jersey. You're not even supposed to touch him on these days. Apparently he was at the very bottom of the pile, a dog pile fight happening in practice. And then he's making him run laps and do push-ups. It's like, come on, man. Like, it's such a joke. This guy is, he's like a caricature of an NFL coach. It is such a joke. I'm yeah, so with you. They're going to be so bad. So with you. They are going to be bad. I, well, I the Kelvin Benjamin out. thing. Like that I was know, even another tough. one. Yes. Kelvin Benjamin comes out. He's like, this guy's a, like a basically calls him a fraud. He's never going to win a Super Bowl. And it's like, you know what? You're right, Kelvin. Like, you're like, chances are very good that you are going to be right about Look, that. Look, and so. like, or, like or hate Kelvin Benjamin, he's been around a number of teams. He's been around a number of head coaches. Like, he came out of that and was like, well, what the bleep is this? You know? So, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Give me as much Joe Judge as possible. Give him a lifetime contract. Keep him there forever. Please. Agreed. Please. They're going to be a disaster. Uh, I would take Sirianni over him 10 out of 10 times. Yeah. Just, yeah. Me too. I love it. All right. Uh, again, we'll be back on Thursday. We'll be back on Saturday with Go Birds Radio uh, and more practices. Elliot will be out there. Follow him on Twitter at Elliot Troy Parks. Instagram is it Elliot Troy Parks there too? Yes, it is. New new posts every day. Yeah, check it all out. He's gonna have all the practice stuff. So you can get the inside look at all that. We'll be talking about it more later in the week. Until then, he's Elliot James. We'll talk to you soon. 